Commissions, training commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. The well-respected man about town Doing the best thing so conservatively This is Money with Joe Bowen. Now here's your host, Peter Shad. Hey, it's the 12th of March. How's spring break going, Joe Bowen? You had to come back into town for this. That must have been a bit of a bummer, but... No, I had a week over at Keats. I'm good. It's all I need. Your you adorable know? Keats property. My goodness. Yeah, it's great. You know, who doesn't want a deck to gaze from? I don't think there's anything as relaxing and meditative and good for the soul as expansive water in the background. Yeah, you know what? And 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 I had a waterfront house in Deep Cove from 2004 until 2014, and I had that every day. And I'll tell you, unlike most, for me, the novelty never wore off. Nadine couldn't stand it, though, because I would turn to her all the time, look at that, look at that, look at that, yeah, Nadine, look at yeah. that. Can you believe that? Can you believe that we live here? Yeah. I'd say it every day. Literally, for 10 years, I did that to her. But, you know, on Keats... I, I stopped drinking back in 97. I stopped smoking cigarettes. I, you know, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. So I, I have my children. I have my wife. I have good food. I have all those great things in life. But a couple of years ago, I took up cigar smoking, not inhaling. Mm. Listen very uh, carefully. I did not inhale. I did not inhale <laughs> or have relations with that woman. Uh, but anyway, not inhaling the cigars. Uh, that's a big mistake. You die just if not quicker than cigarettes by doing that. But having the odd cigar here and there, nice Cuban, uh, when you're sitting on that deck and the pungent warm mm. smell of the oh. beach as the tide recedes oh, yeah. in front of the cabin, sitting on that deck, listening to a little Nick Drake oh. or maybe some Gordon Lightfoot. I'm there, baby. Uh, and, and you know, or, or, or the song Beautiful. I don't know if you know the song Beautiful. It's one of the most incredible songs. And you just sit there and you light up your cigar you know, and, and, and put the feet up and maybe play a little crib with the wife or just stare at the sea. There's nothing better. It's just it's, fantastic. It's, it's gazing. I found myself when I was there last summer gazing, and there was so much activity because you're in a pretty big shipping channel right there. There's yep. uh, barges going by all the time. And, yeah, Barfleur Passage. It's great you know? it's because there's all stuff to watch, yeah, right? And it's not like Vancouver Harbor filled with tankers. Yeah. It's just a big thing of logs will go by, and then some pulp will go by You know, a few hours later, and it's just it's something to see. You know. Although uh, one of my very good friends growing up lived on Drummond Drive with a view right over English Bay, and I Ooh. always thought that was one of the most magnificent views, and just the tankers being that three-dimensional down below you there in that yeah. water. It was just uh, the neatest feeling. Well, the, the reason why we, we can talk about these things is because this is what so many of us aspire to. What, what, where is your Eden? You know, what makes you the happiest? And how do, you, how do you get there faster? How do you stay there longer? And one of the things you have to do is plan, 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 plan. Think about what the cost will be for those kind of things. What kind of sacrifices will you have to make? How much do you have to save? And so this is where you come in as an independent advisor, somebody who gives you holistic but objective advice to give you the highest probability of that kind of success. I mean, for me, it's it's sitting at the cabin in Point Roberts and gazing out over that ocean mm -hmm. and never getting bored of it. And you talk about activity, eagles and seagulls and all these seabirds, and 
ocean traffic going in through the Strait of Juan de Fuca and around to Roberts Banks, the, yeah. the, the highs and lows of the tide, sometimes a violent storm you could see coming yeah. in. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and for my family, from 1928 all the way through till now, Point Roberts was our place too. Right. Uh, we had a cabin on the beach on stilts right on Crystal Beach, or um, Waters Platte, they call it, whatever you want to call it, by South Beach area there, but down at the other end. Uh, and, uh, but it just, you know, too many generations is too many people think it's their cabin. So I, my wife and I finally had to get something somewhere else, but, uh, you're right about Point Roberts too. And it, and it is, you, you do have to know what your eating is. What is the thing that makes you most happy? And the people I know who are most passionate about that are either passionate about the ocean, the mountains, or specifically Kauai, not Hawaii, mm. Kauai. Lots of people are passionate about Hawaii. I get that. But people who buy places in the rainforest of Kauai uh, really know that they're where they want to be. They don't think they are. They're not happy to be there. They know that they're where they belong. That's fun just to talk about. And you, you talked about the music. I mean, for me, the happiest is, you know, that view, the sunshine, music, Kids playing, mm-hmm. and and I like the scotch, and and I like the. I'm really really into bourbon right now, and boy, did we find we found the mecca of like mahogany rich leather bound books, fireplace, massive hound dog it, at your feet. <laughs> the the Multnomah Whiskey Library in Portland was one. I almost passed out. From, I was I was welling up with tears. You walk in, then there's a thousand bottles on the wall. There's wow. there's uh, bartenders dressed with proper tie. Um, you know the the vests. They wheel a little cart out to make your old fashions. It is as decadent and wonderful and old feeling as probably a hundred years ago. Wow. And and that's that's what I, I so I, I replaced this the cigar smoke with just a little dram. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Peter, if it, if I hadn't quit twenty years ago, I'd be doing the same. Right single there with malt, you. a nice single malt scotch oh, would used to be my favorite. So. We're going to talk about many many issues on today's show, the March twelfth edition of Money with Joe Bowen, including how do you customize your estate plan for the different kinds of children that you have, and it is amazing how different your children are, even though they share the DNA with you and your spouse. Also. Joe loves to travel. We alluded to Keats Island and Point Roberts, but uh, he has a a massive soft spot for the Sunshine Coast. There's a place in your heart for the Okanagan. A part of your being resides in Vancouver Island, and there's also a little part of you that just loves Whistler, too, and why not? The problem with living in those towns is generally there aren't that many independent advisors, and you know, if there's one independent advisor that deals with a lot of people in your town, well, sometimes there's that uh, tendency to talk a little bit about how things go on. Uh, and we're going to talk about a, a wonderful list that you found about the reasons why you might not abandon, but at least shelve or delay your retirement planning process. And maybe that's because we just had RRSP season pass by. We feel this obligation. Oh God, if I don't contribute, then I'm not going to be able to retire. And that's a bit of a fallacy. And Joe will give you some reasons why you might not have wanted to contribute to some kind of retirement plan. I'm going to give Joe's telephone number throughout the program because I think you need to phone it. I think you need somebody on your side for the long term. 604-603-2336. We all deserve better when it comes to money advice and the ability to get the very best products that are available in the world. And Joe's website, joebowen, B-O-W-E-N dot C-A. 
Talk to Joe Bowen about guaranteed income for life at 604-603-2336. You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. Spring break, maybe it is for you. It is for most people around the Lower Mainland, and uh, hopefully you have a nice little bit of time if you have a young family or you just carry on doing what you're doing. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but uh, it's just nice to see some cherry blossoms bursting out in amongst all the rain these last few days. <laughs> Holy smile. That's the other thing about, you, you talked about the spring break last week being way too long. Why don't you just front-end load the summer vacation and let kids out of school early? Mm-hmm. But how many times have you gone through spring break where it's awful and not everybody can afford to fly to Hawaii mm-hmm. every time March rolls around. Yeah, and then there you are. You can't take time off work. Your kids are sitting at home in the pouring rain. You got to pay someone to watch them or stick them all with your parents. It's, I don't know, two whole weeks. I mean, come on. Uh, hey, something else to celebrate though today. Something I'm very excited about. Uh, I have favorite and least favorite days of the year. Um, one of my favorite days, for the opposite reason you might think, is December 16th because the sun sets at 4:14 p.m. That I don't like, but what I do like is that it never sets that early again from that day forward. It's always later all the way till the next December 16th. So I love that day for that reason. I can't stand it on June 20th or 21st or whatever the longest day of the year is because I know from that day forward, the sun sets earlier and earlier and earlier. Now, that being said, the one day I love the most for all reasons is today because tonight the clocks jump. And we go from a 6.14 p.m. sunset today, tomorrow night at 7.16 p.m. Now, it won't be um, earlier than 7 p.m. The sun will set later than 7 p.m. from now all the way through till September 27th. That's six months, almost 200 days of not having the sunset before oh. seven o'clock at night. Doesn't this feel good? Doesn't this just feel San Fantastic? Oh, there's nothing like and and immediate. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say that? The first thing that popped in my mind when you said daylight savings time was the barbecue. Yeah. Because now Yeah, you can cook you can in the cook light outside. outside and yeah, yeah. I, I just I this is when the year just gets nice again and I can feel positive for a good half a year just about you know, those long nights when the sun sets at 4.14, and if uh, it's cloudy and dark and rainy, <laughs> it's dark at 3, right? That never happens and, here. And those nights last forever. They're just, you're sitting uh, there, and what do no. you do? You can't really go out in it. You can't go for a walk if it's pouring rain. Well, you can, but I mean, you know, it really You, you binge it. watch television you is what you do. you watching TV. It just gets to be yeah. monotonous and just... Oh, and not when you're watching the new HBO show Vinyl, which I know you would probably <laughs> love. Have you I caught know, Vinyl I would yet? Dig it, yeah. Oh, uh, my, my friend, uh, you know Fred Chambrelli There, he's uh, he likes the show. He oh. says it's really cool. I will watch it, but I, for all shows now, wait until there's enough of them that I can binge watch. Smart, smart play. The the pilot two hours. This is a Scorsese produced show with some help from Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger and yeah. his son's in it. It's 1975 New York. It's the record in- industry. It's dodgy. There's drugs. Oh, it's it's nasty, but delicious to watch, and they have captured it so well. And there's true threads that run through that story. There's a, there's a scene at the beginning where the Led Zeppelin manager 
Peter Grant goes on a profanity-laced tirade that is absolutely glorious about why his band <laughs> will never work for a record label owned by Germans. It is glorious. <laughs> and and that was what he was really like. So there's yeah. some reality in in that show, which I think is just, uh, it is. Do you know what captured that era wonderfully? I'm not a big fan of the band, uh, of the guy himself, but I am a fan of the writer of the song, is Uptown Funk oh, by yes. Bruno Mars. Oh, if you ever watched yes. the rock video, yeah, yeah. Um, that is that really has that feeling of oh. that era in a big way. You know what? Bruno Mars is insanely talented. I, I will tip my hat. Uh, I, I mean, he, he can do virtually anything. He can, but who we really have to tip our hats to for that song is Mark Ronson, yeah. the British guy who wrote it. The yeah. only reason that magic exists is because of yep. Mark. And same with a lot of big songs out there now. The writers, I mean, Neil Diamond was one of those guys back in the day. He wrote all this music for other people, and he sang some of his songs one time, and someone said, why don't you just go around and tour and do all your own music? And he, oh, okay. <laughs> and look what he became. It's the March 12th edition of Money with Joe Bowen. Maybe your kids like Bruno Mars. Maybe they like Justin Bieber. Maybe they like somebody else. It's amazing how the tastes differ just within your own family. And this is why when you're estate planning, which is maybe one of the most important things you will do as you try to cascade the wealth down the generations that you've worked so hard to build, why it's so hard to customize those plans for your kids because none of them are alike. Now, the good news is that guys like Joe, because they are open brokers, have the ability to shop around. And with the ability to shop around comes the uh, the idea of customization when it comes to your estate planning. So let's talk a little bit about it because it's maybe one of the most important things we'll do. And you always encourage your clients to make sure they have their wills, make sure they figure out the what-ifs. And from there, it's just a matter of finding the right products, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. I mean, when I meet with someone, I ask them... Uh, are you married? What's your spouse's name? What are your dates of birth? Do you have children? How old are your kids? Where are they at in life? If they're past 18 years old, are they off on their own? What are they doing? Are they successful? Do you have parents? Are they still alive? How old are they? Uh, do you stand to inherit money? Are they gifting any money to you? What do you do for a living? Do you own your own business? Is it incorporated? Is it not incorporated? That's page one. <laughs> I have about 12 pages in my data form. Uh, then, you know, we get into, uh, do you own your home? Do you have a mortgage? If you do, what's the interest rate? Where is it? Who's who's holding the mortgage? How long is it before it expires? Do you have any other debt? Do you own any other property? Do you have mortgages on that? Is it in Canada? Is it in the U.S.? Uh, do you own uh, any exotic cars or, or, or investment cars like uh, old Ferraris or, or Mustangs or something? Uh, your furnishings, do you have old antiques? And then we get into actual investments and cash in the bank and GICs and RSPs and TFSAs and on and on and on we go. And that's when we finally get on one of the last pages where we get into, do you have a will? Do you have a power of attorney? Do you have life insurance, critical illness insurance, disability insurance, any insurance, health and dental insurance? Uh, all of those things. Here's a budget page and I'll rip it out sometimes and hand it to the person, take it home, budget for 30 days so we know what it costs you to live your life and uh, was there any money left over for us to do the things I'm going to recommend to you? Uh, there's a lot to it. Um, and I hazard to guess, based on my experience over almost 20 years now in the business uh, and talking to people, that these aren't things being asked of you anywhere else except a few people independent advisors, some of whom will get very comprehensive with you. 
But if you're with a big institution where you do your day-to-day and, um, you know, the deposits and stuff, uh, chances are they're not getting anywhere near that comprehensive with you. For one, they're not licensed to do a lot of the products that maybe you need. Uh, and for two, they're not interested because it's too much time invested in you with not enough reward because they're so used to everything coming for free and easy, like mm-hmm. a bunch of spoiled kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and even though it is the last pages about estate planning, et cetera, et cetera, uh, when you have it set up well, and and also, you know, you have a lot of clients that come into you in Chapter 13. They didn't know you existed. So in Chapter 13 of a 20-chapter book of their life, they are kind of going, uh-oh, you know, i got to figure this out because there are ramifications if I do this wrong or don't set this up properly. Yeah, probate, yeah and, it, and, it, and, this, and my questions aren't in order of priority or importance. They're just in a natural flowing order. Who are you? Who's your family? What do you have? What do you owe? Have you planned for, you know, uh, any eventualities? Do you have insurance and do you have wills and things? And, you know, and, there, and there's other things there as well. But that's why I ask it in the order I do. But when it does come to estate planning, it is amazing how different, you know, two paths can be. Yeah. You go down one and you could be looking at paying probate or having your family go through the nightmare of, of that, and maybe having a will contested, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the path that you like to put people on, which is, again, this tailor-made, customized solution. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, as here's an example. I had a client uh, recently who is identical to so many past clients in one way. Um, she had spendthrift children. Both, though, both of her kids, the son and daughter, were awful with money. They grew up in a rich household with big Riva Italian boats and yachts and and vacation homes that worth millions of dollars. And these kids were spoiled all hell and never really learned the value of a dollar. And uh, she said, now I have all this money and I'd like to grow it for the estate and I'd like to leave it to the children. I might need a little in the, along the way for myself, but my fear is if I put it in the market, I might lose a bunch. If I pass away and it's down 30%, I mean that we're talking about $900,000 here. Uh, how do I protect it for the children? How do I protect it for the estate? And what about controlling how I give it to my children? What do I do here? I'm scared they'll blow it all. Amazing that she even came to that realization of knowing those consequences, because a lot of us don't know. Most don't. You know, and this is why we do this show, is partially to educate, partially to inspire, and partially to motivate you to do the right thing. Here's Joe's telephone number, 604-603-2336. That's 604-603-2336. Joe's website is joebowenbowen.ca. And when we carry on... The two different paths, the very different paths you can take when it comes to estate planning and leaving behind wealth for your children. Straight ahead here on Money with Joe Bowen and CKNW News Talk 980. Talk to Joe Bowen about guaranteed income for life at 604-603-2336. Listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. Saturday evening is here, and so is Money with Joe Bowen, starring Joe Bowen from Hollis Wealth. As we try to impart some advice in the hours between eight and nine on Saturday evenings, and we're talking about estate planning. Joe alluded to a client of his, may very well sound familiar to you, uh, about a couple of kids, 
that both like to throw money around like confetti. They think it's always there. It always will be there. They never really have to work too hard for it. A sad situation if that does occur, but it does occur. And especially when you live in a city where the houses are worth $2.5 million and it seems like everybody's driving a Ferrari of some kind, even when you're 17 and there's an N sticker on the back. So here you are. You've got your spendthrift <laughs> children. so Vancouver. I know. <laughs> Uh, what do you do, Joe, to tailor the situation so you don't create even more destruction in the event of your passing? Well, your eventual passing anyway. Well, I'll tell you, my uh, family has someone with a learning disability, and he was adopted into our family many, many, many years ago, 50-some-odd years ago, 60 years ago. No, 55. Anyway, uh, he um, is... In many respects, uh, like a very young person, um, uh, he's a, one of the most loving people in our whole family. He's just, he loves family. He loves our family culture. He loves all of us and our history, and he's just the most beautiful man. Uh, but he has a couple of problems, and, and, and one of them is with money. Uh, but one of the members of our family, I'm trying not to identify this person specifically uh, because of people that might know us, uh, but one of the members of the family gave him some of his inheritance ahead of time mm-hmm. as a lump sum. Big mistake. Uh, this gentleman was taken advantage of by grifters. Um, they pulled him into a con, took all the money. He lost it all. Then what was purchased for him was an apartment, clear title, mistakenly put in his name in spite of my objection to that being done. Uh, put into his name. Sure enough, he borrowed all the money against it, got taken advantage of by grifters again, uh. lost it all. Uh, and in one of the times, it was a gambling group that talked him into thinking that he was going to become a millionaire as a gambler. And, oh, that's terrible. You know, all these things. So anyway, now the family um, um, money that will be going to him uh, on the passing of a member of our family uh, is quite substantial. And, uh, and I've made a very strong recommendation that this money not go to him in a lump sum this time. Now, this is just like the story we were talking about before the break, about this lady um, who has a son and a daughter who are both spendthrifts. Now, they don't have the same problems as my family member has, but they have the same, but she has the same concerns that my family member has about her son. About her son. Discipline. Right. Uh, And so this lady said to me, look, I have all this money. My husband is gone. Uh, I want to leave it to my children, but they're really, really bad with money. And I know my husband spent his whole life saving this money, and the two of us sacrificed like crazy over the years to save, pay off our mortgage, build our business, do all these things. I don't want it to be squandered. We love our children, and I want them taken care of, but I don't want them to... I want to protect them from themselves. Uh, so she said, what can we do? What can we do with the money? I want to grow it. I want to make more out of it because their whole lifetimes have to be taken care of. These two kids have never really found their way. Um, so what I recommended is that we invest the money with an insurance company instead of just as an investment account. It's now an insured investment account. And what that means is we have now taken her money into what we call an estate investment account. So it's still her money. It's totally liquid anytime she wants. It's invested in the market though, because she wanted to try to grow it. So it's out there and it's making good money right now. Uh, and, and, And so that's all great and everything. But if everything goes wrong and the market 
plummets. And the account is worth 40% less than she put in. And on the $3 million she put in, that would be $1.2 million. Then she'd be down to one8 now, try getting that statement in the mail and not grabbing your chest and falling to the floor, especially when you're 81 years old. Uh, so she has the money in that account, but she has this benefit. The reason we did it through an insurance company is that if when she passes and it goes to the children, because that's the intention of all this money, she might take a little bit here and there, but not really. She hasn't had to touch it yet, but it's just in case she needs to. But when she passes away, even if the market is down 40%, the kids will still get the whole $3 million. If the market's up, they get whatever it's worth in the market. The worst case scenario is all of the money she put in. Best case scenario is the market skyrocketed and they get all sorts of money. So the principal is 100% protected on her death, no matter what. But then the bigger concerns needed to be addressed. What about the kids and their spending habits? This money, because it's through an insurance company, we've named beneficiaries, bypasses the estate, by the way, and it bypasses probate. So it doesn't go through any of that crap. It doesn't go through probate court, which, by the way, is a public affair. Your neighbor can go look up what was in your estate if it went through probate, by the way. Mm. Just so you know, you know, alarm bells should be going off right now if you didn't already know that. Uh, but with the insurance company, we have a secondary piece of power. Number one, we can name beneficiaries. Well, if it's not an RSP account, you can't name beneficiaries on a regular everyday investment account. You just can't. Right. But with an insurance company, you can. So she got to name her kids as beneficiaries, 50-50. And she told me, and we told the insurance company in the contract, don't give the kids the $3 million or whatever it's worth on that day. You're going to give them annuities and you're going to buy them income for the rest of their lives. Some of the money is going into deferred GICs. Some of the money is going into annuities. And the annuity money uh, will pay them an income that increases over time by indexed by inflation for as long as the kids live. Wow. It's not going to be a poop load of money. They're not going to feel like millionaires, but they should because they'll never have to worry ever again because they'll have that money coming the rest of their lives guaranteed. And they can't touch that and change they that. They can't can, change you know, okay? that. So that's brilliant. And I think a lot of people don't even know that that kind of service is even offered. And that's why you need to talk to Joe. 604-603-2336, joebowen.ca. <laughs> To speak with Joe Bowen in person, call 604-603-2336 or visit joebowen.ca. A well-respected man about town, doing the best thing so conservatively. You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again... Here is Peter Shad. Joe Bowen is here from Hollis Wealth, servicing the Lower Mainland, but also the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, Vancouver Island, the interior, anywhere that you can drive, pretty much, and give Joe an excuse to get in that car of his and buzz around to beautiful British Columbia. And, and there is a, a need for people that are kind of detached from the small towns to be advisors because, you know, if you're one of two independent advisors in a town, you generally have a lot of people. And that, you know, sometimes people don't want one person to have that much information on them when they're already dealing with so many locals. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's the biggest problem. And that's why, like, because I, I will go to Vancouver Island uh, every month or two to see clients uh, Nanaimo and Victoria and all the way up north, it depends. Um, and I also go over to the Okanagan where my father and his wife, well, she still lives there. He passed away two years ago, um, of lung cancer. Stop smoking. 
And uh, <laughs> he passed away. But uh, And I go up there. I have clients up there as well. Um, and I meet new clients up there. And then I have my Sunshine Coast clients. And, you know, so I have to travel around and see these people. But the, the thing I hear most from people from these towns, Joe, we called you because in our area, there's only a couple of advisors because it's a small town. Uh, there's only a couple. And here, a couple of problems. Not enough to choose from. In some examples, there's no good advisors in town, according to the people. Um, so they need to search far and wide to find someone they feel is good. Um, but as well, I hear the complaint. John knows everyone in town. John goes to the local pub with everyone in town. John has a big mouth, and I don't want John knowing about my business. Not only that, I went to school with him. And I don't want him knowing for that reason, because I've known him since we were kids. I don't want to tell him all my private issues. Uh, I need an objective person from out of town to talk to. And so I I obtained quite a contingent of clients from these towns. I lived in a small town before. And so you, you do, it is very hard in that small town mentality sometimes to not talk about, oh, well, that guy actually has a whole lot of money. Oh, really? We didn't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So if you are in small town British Columbia, the phone number still works, 604-603-2336 for Joe Bowen, who's at joebowen, B-O-W-E-N dot C-A. It's great that people even are thinking about, you know, the future, saving, strategies, planning, replanning, etc. because there are examples all over. And in fact, this is the reason why we're on the air is to inspire people to think about their money that they work so hard to earn. There are people out there who are in their 60s and 70s who have no plan. And then it's their kids who say, hey, what are you doing? And uh, by the way, guilty is charged on that one uh, because my uh, family didn't really prepare very well. And it was really a mess at the end. Yeah, It's time to man up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're old or young, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I, it's really interesting. I had this young family come to be clients of mine because of the father. Her father referred them to me. Um, but what happened uh, is her dad looked at her husband and said, "So, uh, when they're out of dinner, <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> nothing worse than when I'm the sh- when the stepfather <laughs> starts with so." <laughs> I'm arms crossed. I am squirming just hearing this story. Yeah. So, well, they're at a dinner at the house and, you know, mom's in the kitchen cleaning up the dishes, you know, because they're a very, um, well, what we might call uh, not healthy, but traditional family. I, I think it's fine myself, but there's people that don't like it. But anyway, mom's in cleaning up after the dinner uh, <laughs> and daughter's in talking to mom. And uh, there is, there he is in the, in the dining room with, with dad. And dad's at the head of the table with his arms crossed and he turns and he looks over at him. So... What have you uh, guys been doing about uh, your savings? You've been saving money? You investing for the future? Uh, you get, what, what about your mortgage? Where do you have your mortgage? Uh, and, and your kids, have you started saving education? And he didn't have any answers for any of the questions. Oh. He had no idea. No, uh, nothing. I think I have a plan at work. What, you think? You think? What do you mean you think? How can you think you have a plan at work? How can you not know what's oh. going on? It's like meet the parents, man. <laughs> De Niro. Is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, so anyway, he, um, 
It wasn't a Gaylord. Ben Stiller's character was called yes. Gaylord yes. In, in that movie. That was so funny. Yeah. Anyway, that was a great, great, great. I was just talking about that with my uncle yeah, the other night. It's a wonderful movie. It but is a wonderful that's movie. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah, it does. Anyway, uh, so this this poor young guy is just getting the third degree. The light bulb's swinging above his head. He's sweating. <laughs> They're not even offering him a pop until he gives them some information. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't have any answers, and he was really embarrassed, right? That he didn't have any answers. And uh, that he didn't really understand most of what he was saying. He didn't even hardly know what RSP meant. And uh, anyway, so the dad said to him, I want you to call this man. And he gave him his copy of his business, my business card that I had given him years earlier and sent the boy to come and see me. And anyway, uh, I, I, I don't market myself to young families with no money because I, you know, I won't have time for all my clients if I take on too many little tiny clients. I, and I hate that. I hate that I got to that point in my business, but that's where I'm at now. Spread too thin. Mo- yeah. Most of my clients are 500,000, a million, two mil, three, four, five million, whatever. Uh, you know, a few of them are one, two, 300,000, but, but most of them are higher net worth clients. It's just the way it is. Uh, but if a client who's an older client who has a bunch of money refers me to their young families. I'm always going to accept them because I really believe in family planning, cascading of wealth through the generations, all of those things. So I met with this young couple and (laughs) there was a lot of work to do. First meeting was me gathering information. The second half of the first meeting, which took three hours, was me teaching them Uh about the most basic things that you would never think if you listen to us all the time, uh, you would need to be taught because we all know these things you think, well, boy, did they ever, well, what they don't know would fill a, would fill a building, you know? Uh, anyway, and I educated them, but you know, and then we moved on to planning for their future and, 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 and we, we did some education, so we did all these things, but dad kicked in here. The last thing I have to say about this, uh, got the kids organized long and short of it all, uh, got the kids organized, but dad kicked in. Dad said, I'm going to, for my two grandchildren, Joe, I, because he had heard me talk about how I do this planning for education savings with grandparents contributing. He gave me a lump sum for each of the grandkids and the lump sums were about 37000 and $38,000 each. Uh, and uh, I used those lump sums to buy guaranteed incomes to feed into the education savings plans for the two grandkids for, his, for all the way till they're 18 years old to max out their RESP contributions every year until 18 years old. And uh, he just gave those lump sums. This is a gift to the family. And so now the kids don't have to worry about budgeting for that at all. Each kid is getting $208.33 a month into their RESP, the government grant, and it's an insurance program. It has bonuses and all these great things. But anyway, dad did that to take the pressure off because he was so happy that they had met with me and that they were actually getting the ball rolling. What a wise man. And you could be wise too. It's a phone call. That's right. (laughs) Hey, Fokker. (laughs) 604-603-2336 or joebowen.ca. We'll wrap things up with the reasons why you might forego your retirement plan in just a second. Joe Bowen with Hollis Wealth at 604-603-2336 or joebowen.ca. You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. We want to wrap up today's edition of Money with Joe Bowen, the March 12th spring break daylight savings edition with some reasons why you might actually not 
contribute to your RRSP. And of course, the deadlines passed, so this might be a moot point. But I thought these were interesting because I think we're all led to believe, oh, got to contribute every year, got to contribute to our RRSPs. Of what do we don't? Do we don't? There, there are pressing issues <laughs> that I think are more important in some cases. Well, think about this: uh, if you are thirty years old, young family kid on the way uh, and you're trying to save for your future uh, and you're being told by your bank every time you go in there, you got to put in your RSPs, you put in your RSPs yet this year, don't forget about your RSPs. Oh, and by the way, you should be maxing out your tax-free savings account. Should I? Should I be maxing out my tax-free savings account, says I? Yes, you should. Of course you should. You get $5,500 a year. What about the past years? You didn't do the past years. Well, you should be doing the past years. You don't know what you're doing, do you, young person? Uh, You need to listen to our advice. I don't agree. I don't agree at all with any of that. Number one, any person who has money saved in an investment or savings account, especially a savings account, who also has credit card debt or line of credit debt is doing themselves a great disservice. If someone else did it to you, personally, if I was running the world, they'd be jailed for it. Uh, So instead of always thinking you have to save for your retirement, sometimes you shouldn't. Number one, if you're saving for a house in an expensive city, haha, here we are in Vancouver. Uh, if you have to save 5% down on a million dollar property, that's $50,000. Good luck saving that when you're putting money into an RSP. Don't put money into the RSP, save for the house. Two, you're part of a maxed out young family. And that's probably you if you're 30 years old and you're in a young family and you have all this going on. 30, uh, try 46. And if you can hardly pay your bills, you should be actually paying your bills instead of going into debt and having all sorts of problems and making massive compromises just to save for the RSPs. This is one of those situations where you shouldn't. As if you have credit card debt, never, ever, ever put money into a savings account if you have debt on a credit card that's 10, 15, 20%, pay off the darn credit card, worry about everything else later on. If you have student debt, try 2.7% plus 5% interest or prime plus two and a half, that's student loans. Pay that off, pay it off, pay it off, pay it off. Worry about everything else afterwards. Or if you have a permanent line of credit, say you have a line of credit that just never seems to go away. You're always in debt. You borrow off it, you pay it off. You borrow off it, you pay it off. Get Just get rid of the line of credit and worry about saving later on. Or if you have no financial cushion, if you are young, you have a young family and one of you suddenly can't work and it's not something you can claim on disability, or suddenly you have some huge problem or a furnace explodes or who knows what, uh, where's the money to pay for it? Where are you going to get it from? You're going to go into debt again? You're going to start all over again with 19.99% on your credit card? Or do you have a financial cushion? Worry about these things first. If you're a young family or a struggling family, as opposed to always prioritizing dumping money into your investment account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And it's amazing when you have a young family guilty as charged. And just how month to month it can be and how one little thing crops up. Like, for example, a leaky skylight right after Christmas. How convenient that oh, was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're going, well, okay, where's that going to come from? And then, oh, wouldn't you know what? The car insurance payment is due this month. Oh, and then there's another. And it yeah. just keeps going exactly. on and on and on. So I, I have one from my wife. Words of wisdom from my wife. There we go. Here we go, Nadine's Joe words Bowen's of wisdom. Nadine's words of wisdom. <laughs> Today on CKNW. Uh, when we were younger, we used to save all our money in envelopes and the envelope said electric bill, gas bill, pizza. The pizza one was always empty unless a GST check came. That's how it was for us in the early days. Uh, but 
I remember once we started making some, you know, moderately good money, we'd start saving up some money and it felt so good to try to get ahead a little bit. And every time we'd start to get ahead, something would happen. The brakes would go on the car. The furnace would explode, as I mentioned earlier. Something would happen and we'd lose it all. And I was so upset. Oh, every time we save up some money, something happens and takes it all away. And Nadine said, you have it all wrong, my husband. Uh... This is the way you should see what's going on. Every time some horrible thing is about to happen to us, thank goodness, just in time, we've saved up enough money to pay for it. Ah, it's all about attitude. Sage, sage Nadine, who's probably sitting waiting for you on the dock right now to come back home to Keats Island. <laughs> Have a wonderful rest of your spring break. Here's uh, Joe's telephone number, 604-603-2336, or joebowenbowen.ca. See you on the 19th. We'll see you then. Let Joe Bowen help you prepare for your post-working years at 604-603-2336. This radio show was prepared by Joe Bowen, who is a registered mutual fund representative with Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc., a subsidiary of the Bank of Nova Scotia. This radio show is not an official program of Hollis Wealth. The views, including any recommendations expressed during this show, are those of Joe Bowen alone and are not endorsed or approved by Hollis Wealth or the Bank of Nova Scotia. Hollis Wealth is a trade name of Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc. and Hollis Wealth Insurance Agency Limited. Mutual fund products are provided by Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc. Insurance products by Hollis Wealth are provided through Hollis Wealth Insurance Agency Limited. Trademark of the Bank of Nova Scotia, used under license.